you're listening to Art of the Flow. Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast that tells our stories of running our float centers, where we love to give tips on starting and running our own float centers, and hopefully help you in starting and running your own. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Art of the Float. You can join the conversation by leaving a speak pipe on artofthefloat.com. That's also where you can find show notes, links, pictures from every episode. Um, yeah, all of Lance's sweaters that I'm sure will be appearing here very soon since the holidays are coming. I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't seen any sweaters yet, but uh, look forward to that. And um, again, Art of the Float for all the social media and artofthefloat.com uh, where we can, uh, where you can leave speak pipes and, and talk to, talk to us. Uh, let us know your opinions on what we're talking about, contribute to the conversation or ask any questions that you have. I am one of your hosts, Dylan Calm. My wife is Sandra Calm, and we run the Float Shop in Portland, Oregon. And I'm joined by Amy Grimes of Float Nashville. Hey, y'all. And Lance Foss of the Float Shack in Red Deer, Canada. Hello, everyone. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm very excited about today's episode. We have Jonathan Murray. He'll be joining us later on in the episode, and we're going to talk to him about his center, Uncharted Waters, which has been open for about a year and a half now. And not only has he did he start his own float center with his wife, but they were having a kid at the time as well. So uh, I can't even imagine that. So I'm excited to learn <laughs> learn how he handled it. So uh, maybe I can handle running a business with a kid well too. But before we get started, I want to mention our roundtable discussion that's happening Wednesday, October 19th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is our first roundtable. It's online. Everybody across the country and across the world can join in and share their information. The topic is pricing, memberships, and client retention. Super important things. And I know Lance had a few things he wanted to say about it. Yeah, it's um, we had a great time in Portland, and we're finally bringing it, like Dylan said, worldwide. So anyone across the globe can Tune into this discussion where we're going to break down everything, um, pricing structures that worked, pricing structures that didn't work, memberships, um, how, client retention, maybe how to improve that, what we've learned along the way. So very exciting that we can all um, come together for this uh, roundtable. Hopefully it's um, uh, you know occasional thing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it might just be, Lance. For this first one, you'll want to go to artofthefloat.com forward slash roundtable, and that's uh, where you can sign up, find pricing information, all of the good stuff, and I am so looking forward to it. I know we all are. It's uh, <laughs> We're communicating constantly throughout the week about this one between between all of us, so we are, we're buzzing about it. Before we get to the main part of our show, I want to give a shout out to Float Away. They've been with us since the beginning, and we appreciate it so much. And it's I feel like it's all culminated to, to today, where I get to finally talk about having floaters in our float tanks, our beautiful Float Away Tranquility float tank. Uh, it's finally in there. And of course, we had a Tranquility before. It's been replaced by a literally brand spanking new one. It's got starlights in the ceiling, which I think I am actually turning the corner on, because my whole thing was... It's called sensory deprivation for a reason. Like that's that's what we're aiming for. 
But the funny thing I found myself doing was it's almost like the, the form of meditation where you have a point in front of you and you just use that to focus on. I had the soft focus on the stars that just helped my brain quiet down so much before I turned out uh, the button in the float tank for it to go completely dark. So I'm turning the corner on that and I think um, it's just a great innovation and I think it's a great asset to talk about with clients as well. Who uh, We've had some really exciting commentary from our from our. Uh, clients who are getting into tranquility, the new tranquility for the first time and learning about the starlights. It's been, it's been pretty fun and fun for our staff too. If you want to check out Floataway Tranquility Tanks, they are at www.floataway.com. Oh my goodness. It has been such a busy week. I want to hear about your guys' weeks. Well, you know, sometimes we have to have some of those weeks or, you know, have a week here and there where nothing really exciting happens. And I just got through one of those weeks that was full of all the stuff we love to hate, like financials mm. and, you know, closing up the third quarter and answering. For some reason, my email has been in overdrive this week. Um, so I wish I could say I had an exciting week or something to share, but I really have nothing other than encouragement that when these weeks happen, there is an end to them. Mm. They do end at some point. Uh, we did have a staff meeting. The highlight of my week is a staff meeting, and we have one of those once a month. Uh, this time was uh, was some training. We have uh, a lot of our employees are out of, believe it or not, out of the country. Everybody's traveling except for me, it seems. Uh, but um, but I really enjoyed, I think that was the highlight of my week, is just really enjoyed being with them, talking float, sharing about clients. Uh, we had a really great month, and it was fun to just share some some good client stories and um, what worked and what didn't. Uh, those are those are the best times for me. So even though it was an uneventful week, you still have those highlights and it all ends up uh, just kind of uh, rotating around our flow center and what we're doing. Cool. It was a good time. I'm, I'm going to have to uh, share this one with Sandra because she's just deep in financial stuff right now. And it, I, she, oh. she brings her head up after hours of just staring at that screen and, and she's stressed out and... That'll that'll be nice. A little. It is it is not fun, but you tell her that once she gets this done, you know, then all she has is the fourth quarter, and then we're all good. So, <laughs> so really, she is so smart getting this stuff out of the way now, mm -hmm. so that during our busiest season, it's not so crazy. I know that's what we try to do. I try to be good about this stuff, but you know, it's just not fun. So I feel for her. Sandra, <laughs> you're in my thoughts and in my heart this week. <laughs> Sweet. And I think everybody who's doing their financials right now. Um, Lance, how about you? How are you doing? Man, I had a, <clears throat> I had a crazy week. Um, there were some ups. There were some downs. There was, there was everything in between. Um, on like Right after we recorded our last podcast, I headed down to Calgary and gave Trika a hand with her tank. We... Um, Basically, re no, it's her Smarty tank, actually. Oh, cool. okay, we basically cool. replumbed the entire thing, ripped everything out, um, plumbed everything so it's all consistent with good valves and disconnects and all that fun stuff. Did you show up there with parts, or how does that work? I have a wholesaler in Calgary, so I can, uh, <laughs> nice. I can just... Uh, you drive a bit and get some parts. But wow. yeah, I showed up, ripped everything out, and we actually ripped out ozone and we installed a uv so nice. that was really fun now she's running hydrogen peroxide and uv so um 
Awesome, awesome, and it increased our flow on our tank quite a bit, and it was getting way better filtration than before, so it was nice to see, and cleaned up a ton of electrical too, so... Um, oh wow! Cool. I, I like everything to be nice and clean, and I know even us when we're putting together our tanks and everything. Sometimes some wires get, you know, twisted and knotted up, and you just oh, deal with that later. Deal yep. with that later. Yep. Well, you know, I that's sort of my OCD, especially with my mechanic side of things. When it's minus forty out and you're trying to diagnose something at three in the morning, you want everything to be nice and labeled and clean and. So I had a lot of fun with that. That was uh, that was a really fun day. That's how I spent my day off, actually. So nice. and then I uh, no, no better way. <laughs> yeah, spend I spent day off. <laughs> thirteen hours doing that, and then I drove back to Red Deer, and I actually had to go visit a friend of mine who was on his last last few hours of life, and I sat beside him for. You know, like I said, uh, the last few hours of his life and really, <sighs> he was a client, he was a client I met through the float shack. So that's what's really so connecting to all this is, I think it was like the first month we um, opened up, uh, he showed up and he wanted to, he wanted to float. He was a kettlebell instructor and we're like, perfect, I'll uh, trade you some trading sessions for some floats and we end up you know, doing quite a bit of training and he would float in the days we weren't training. So spent a lot of time there and we got pretty close to him. And, um, yeah, the other day he, um, passed away. So, um, you know, rest easy to Jace and thank you for everything and all your time spent at the float shack. You were a huge, huge part of who we are and who we've grown to be. So, um, Lance, Lance and I, uh, we, we spoke about this a few nights ago. We, we ended up Skyping that night. And uh, I think you were telling me it was like two days kettlebell, two days floating. Like basically you'd see him like four or five days a week. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. He would, um, we'd, we'd train Monday, Wednesday, Friday in kettlebells. Wow. And he would be floating Tuesday. And Thursday is when he would float. And then he'd just usually end up there on Saturday and or <laughs> Sunday <laughs> and to hang out. So, um you know, I talked with Dylan about our, our clients and how you can become really connected to some of these people that walk through your door and they can make a huge impact on your life. But uh, I've always said, if you've listened to the podcast before, I preach a lot on 50% of what we do is the float and the other 50% is the human to human interaction. And I sometimes feel, I know I, know I have clients that come to my float center for more than the float. You know, we talk about a lot of things. They open up. They want to spend time there. They want to, I feel like they want to connect with us, the people that work there, as, as we're sort of their safe haven. And um, we, we can't, you know, we may run a lot of floats every day through our center, and we can't forget that every, not every, but a lot of clients' time spent at our center could be, just a little speck of our day, but it could be very, very important for them, and it could be helping them a lot. So um, don't ever forget what we're in this for. You know, a lot of people are in this to help people, and sometimes the days get busy and the emails pile up and everything's on top of it, and um, it, it, it sometimes that slips away. But um, we got a powerful tool that helps people in more ways than other, and most of the people that are running these float centers are the, the, the most kind-hearted people you can find. So... Thank you to everyone that's, you know, helping their clients and 
facilitating those floats and just never forget who you're going to meet and and uh why why you're in this in the first place nice so thank you Lance. that was that was most of my week it was a pretty emotional week as wow. upset as downs we were quite busy through all this too so it was hard yeah. to really um you know process yeah yeah it's been a busy week so <laughs> thank <laughs> thanks for that reminder yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks for sharing and thanks for the reminder of what we're doing here and mm-hmm. that while we while we're selling nothing that that connection on either side of that nothing is so fucking important. It's so good. So, yeah. Thanks. So I don't know if you guys saw my photos, but we got like we got like four inches of snow, and it's October. Like it just it a blanket oh. of white over everything, and it's not it's not very nice right now. It's pretty slushy and and gross, but uh, yeah. People t- tend to come inside when it's snowing, so we were <laughs> we were pretty busy during those days. Oh, which nice. Is, um, okay, good. So it's not like in Oregon nice. where, like, if there's snow in the air, I mean, it just the roads are shut down or they're just spinning down the <laughs> down the street. No, <laughs> people no. are able to handle it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, we can get a lot of snow before things start to shut down. I remember being elementary, wondering how they're forcing us to go to school when, like, <laughs> it's, like, minus 40 outside and the wind's blowing. You have to wait at a bus stop. And, yeah, we don't shut down here. You just oh my God. You suck it up. That's it's so unfortunate. funny how different it is. I wish we did. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe not your business, though, right? Like, that that's the upside. People are used to it. Man. Yeah. But, but still, no sweaters? My favorite part no, I of got, here. I, I got a, I got <laughs> a heater excited. in here. I've been preheating this room for hours because it's it's pretty cold. I'm in the basement now, so uh, I got a warm room. Got some blankets on my feet. No sweaters though. I'm gonna reach no out sweaters. to Trika see if we can break some circuits over there. Yeah. <laughs> no more heating that up. <sighs> Let's see here. Oh gosh! Wow. Um, I think a reason I'm, I'm I feel so off tonight <laughs> is that I've been working on uh, my new float tank like almost around the clock, or I was for a few days, and I'm still recovering from it. I I think I forget that like yeah, these things come, uh, you know, all all the parts are there for you, and basically you're just putting it together. But then I underestimate like really simple things where it's like running the ethernet cable or the speaker wire i'm like oh yeah just go up into the attic run that drop it down by the front desk and then i realize oh wait all of our speaker wires are interconnected right now so i need to undo those redo them make sure it works and we ended up moving the stereo uh, from where it currently is down by the to the front desk and all of a sudden like that's an entire day of of work right there and then once we have clients rolling through then everything slows down and most of the work happens after hours. So um, I've had a, I had a few days of, of uh, basically installing the tank, but it was so funny because like 80 to 90% of the tank was just like, eh, you just, you, you get it into the space and, and you plug it in and, it, and it's good to go. But then that last 10 to 15% just ended up taking me so long because I, I just kind of underestimated the amount of, of time it takes. And with the float shop, we just hate downtime. <laughs> like we do everything we can as fast as we can. We sacrifice sleep to make sure that uh, just clients can float in our float tanks as, as much as possible. And I think sometimes we push ourselves too far 
And I think when I just said we, I mean I push myself too hard. And um, but I, I like I said during the ad, like people are freaking out about these lights in the ceiling. They love the tank. It, it's totally worth it as soon as you start uh, bringing people in. And I got to be the first person to float in it, which was pretty fun and crazy emotional too, by the way, um, of just taking apart the float tank. Uh, it was the first float tank I ever put together. And I knew that thing inside and out. I knew the control box, all the circuitry. I just knew everything about that tank. And it was my first float in my first business. So it meant a lot to me. And it, and it was really weird to, to disassemble it. Um, and then to be floating in a new, uh, in a brand new Tranquility float tank was just this really interesting kind of, kind of full circle. I mean, not not a full circle because I mean time is going to keep continuing and we'll keep moving. But this really interesting sense of completion and and satisfaction that I think a lot of the times I don't give myself a chance to feel. But you know, when you're locked in a float tank for ninety minutes, you're going to have some time to to think about that, especially when it's in your your brand new float tank. So. There, there was a lot of satisfaction, a lot of excitement. I also got to give the first intro to somebody floating in that float tank, which was really fun as well. So, um, and, and got how'd you s- do? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good question, <laughs> and um, it's been a long time, aside from just like a month ago. But uh, I only had to give the intro for the room because he had floated in our place before, but not in the float tank. He he hadn't even floated in tranquility before, so uh, I did okay. I think I actually had two employees behind me watching, and I think I was corrected on one thing on that one because they they didn't even know. Like it was like okay, the tank's working, and we have a client coming in in you know 30 minutes here or whatever it was and um you know they were they were winding up for the transition and everything so it was okay but mostly i mean i think <laughs> our excitement for the float tank and his excitement was there and then uh yeah since then i've just been hearing that people are just just loving it so it's really cool the sense yeah. of satisfaction yeah. is huge right now and and it's just it runs it's just smooth and it's so nice i get to turn that thing on and and more or less just kind of walk away from it. it that's nice um yeah i feel like there was something oh what other it's gonna be minor to you guys but it was massive to us is that when we first brought that our original tranquility float tank inside we had to cut out a section of wall to do that and i think there's an old blog picture i have somewhere way back on art of the float that shows sandra just like just depressed and emotional and i think you could even see the, the tank like stuck in the doorway or the wall or something um and uh it and yeah and that and then we ended up cutting it out and getting it in and it was all fine and so it was like a lot of like amping up okay we're gonna cut this out get the tank up there and then you know overnight we'll be able to let the putty you know we'll putty it up dry it have sheetrock on on hand blah 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 well, our employee Abe apparently is a math whiz because, or a wizard, I'm not sure which, but he figured out how we could bring this tank into the room without cutting anything out. And so we both removed the old tank and brought the new one in without doing anything, which A, was super awesome and felt wonderful, and B, made me feel like a complete asshat because I uh, couldn't figure out in the past. And actually, it wasn't just me. It was me, uh, Sandra. I think Sandra's parents were there, her brother. Like, we had friends and family over, and nobody could get this thing to fit through. But uh, fortunately, employee Abe was able to to knock it out. So it, it's been fun. It's been really exciting, and uh, and I'm a little little exhausted because it's a sprint 
or I created a sprint for us to to get this thing going. So, just for conversation wise, uh, wh- why didn't you want to like wait a day or two and like you know make sure you had everything down pat instead of like rushing it and putting like all that stress on yourself and your employees and like everything? Like, what was the deciding factor to like let's run it today versus let's like let's not. Well, keep this room down for a day. Or two. I don't know how well I know myself. I don't know if I'm <laughs> if it's about the money. I mean, I think Just intellectually, I, I, yeah, is it like skydiving for me? <laughs> I, I don't know. I I, I always you know, feel like I want those tanks up, and that's our number one priority is to have clients mm-hmm. floating, and that moves me. And maybe there's ulterior motives that I'm not you know self aware enough to know, and it is like an adrenaline rush thing. Like mm-hmm. I I love doing that, but. I'm pretty sure I could tell you I'd, I'd prefer some extra time. I, oh, actually, one other thing is we actually had an extra buffer day, but the tank showed up late. Uh, the the shipping company, oh, my goodness. Um, I, I swear it's not not like that for every shipping that goes on, but uh, this one was this was a funny one. So um, we, we yeah, actually no, lost were... about 24 hours because of that, too. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I ask is because I'm sure there's other people that are going to become in that same circumstance where like, Hey, I got to do repair or, Mm -hmm. Hey, I got to, um, you know, get put a new tank in. Do I shut down for two days? Do I shut down for one day and try and do it overnight or, well, you know, everyone, you know, if you buy a new flow tank, a lot of them actually fly out to install it for you because it's a complicated thing. I think I've been working with tanks for a long time. And so I, I kind of had, I had the gist also it was a tranquility tank that it was being replaced, so I had the gist of that. So I don't think I would have the best recommendation. If somebody had no idea how to do electrical, um, like on a circuit board, um, you know, that that's going to take longer to, to understand how to do that. Or really, you just want somebody to install that for you. That's not, that's not going to be worth your time mm-hmm. to, to do. But I think in general, just kind of like how construction is always like 30 to 50% more than you think, I would give yourself that amount of time. Um, if... If not yeah. more, I mean, honestly, every every project we take on take on takes longer than than right? anticipated, and right. you know, I I I would much rather like shut down um, and like plan ahead and tell my employees to like you know take the day off and try and shut everything down and make sure it's one hundred percent before it got going because I've tried to rush it before and man, that's a lot of stress. Like that's. <laughs> yeah. It can get to you those wee hours of the night when yeah. you know you're about to go home and a line uh, blows and you're flooded and it's like, okay, hey, now I got another hour. And, yeah. But you know what? I, I think uh, some studies have shown that people like do their best work in the in the final hours before like an essay is due, that kind of thing. Mm. So why give myself the extra time? I should go a hundred percent and get it done. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Does that answer your question? I don't even know. Amy, how about you? Do you do you make sure you've got plenty of time, or do you do you cram it? Uh, I I have a tendency to be a little bit more on your timetable, Dylan. <laughs> I I have issues with my tanks being down, um, and we do try to give a little extra time because, like you said, it always mm-hmm. always ends up taking more time than you think. Um, but um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of a, I'd rather work 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 get it going. Um, I don't like that panic feeling, but yeah, there's something about, I got to have my tanks up and running, got to have it up and going. I don't know. There's just that, you know, and now that you say that, I'm not sure why I do do it because, because I just have that drive to do so. But, um, 
But I don't know in the long term if, if it's so good for I know, me. right? <laughs> the stress. My poor heart. I'm old. I would, um, oh, sorry. Yeah. I would, I would definitely say if, if you aren't open yet, I would definitely give yourself lots and lots Take of runway. Um, mm-hmm. You can always open your soft yeah. opening earlier and get people in who, you know, without your grand opening day and, and testing them out and all that stuff. But, uh, boy, if you're, if you're cutting it close to even a soft opening or your grand opening, that, that scares me. Yeah, I seen um, Float House in Edmonton actually opened up yesterday, and they Ooh. had a post today that came out and said, we're finally open. Sorry it wasn't July. So oh, <laughs> that's just to show snap. that, you know, it's, uh, we all, it happens to a large amount of people opening float centers that you don't hit that date you wanted. Um, July. I don't know anyone who has. Do you know anyone who's hit their projected date, like on time? I, we did. Oh, wow. We actually did. did so we had our, we <laughs> had our, we rented, and it's probably the only time it'll ever happen. So I'm probably jinxing myself just by saying this <laughs> right. out loud. But um, we actually signed our rental agreement, and we're open five weeks later. And we had predicted six weeks. But that said, to get that done, we were in there every day. Mark and I had no other jobs. We were there every mm. day. We were working alongside the, the contractor and the subcontractors. And, you know, helping, and I'm saying that in quotes because I'm not so sure we're actually helping. Um, But, you know, and kind of pushing them along, prodding them along, doing a lot of the work. Uh, So, you know, I don't, when we think about the next location, I I doubt that'll ever happen again. But I'm going to be proud of that moment. I'm going to claim it. It was a beautiful moment. We'd be sleeping on the at the construction site, sleeping at the construction site. We totally did. We did. We slept there. We had cots. Um, Damn. Yeah, we did it. For real, Amy. <laughs> but, but not saying that's like smart or anybody should do that, by the way. But you got it. Uh, you're the only person we know who's opened on the. But we got it done. We got it on time. Says something. Uh, but it'll never happen again. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, like I said, I'm claiming that moment. I enjoyed it. And so there's hope, maybe. Nice. Before we introduce Jonathan, I want to give a shout out to Helm, Float Helm. They're the scheduling software that we use. I think Lance is signing up as well. I, I'm I'm really excited about Helm. I just started playing with it. Like we're we're not even transitioning. We're just starting to transition our mind body into Helm. Um, but yeah, there's some cool things you can do. You can assign some tasks. So like your employees, you can put down things that need to be done uh-huh. and the urgency of that. Yep. That's pretty cool. I was showing um, showing my employees that today and they were actually excited about it. So it's good, cool. Good, good, good. <laughs> and and something yeah. that we do is the, the recurring tasks. So like every Tuesday this happens or every ah. day at this time this happens. That's, that's yeah. nice. Um, just like while you're at the front desk, it's like, oh, this is the thing that gets done now. It is nice that I don't have to remember that. Or as Mr. Boss Man, I don't have to remember to tell somebody else to do that, which is yeah. We were doing fun. that on a white. We were doing that on a whiteboard, mm-hmm. and that was sort of a messy thing. But now it's all in the helm, and that that our shifts our shift scheduling will be in there, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a time clock as well, correct? Yep, sure do. Is there employee time clock? Boom, mm-hmm. and then all our tank data. I'm excited. I'm excited for helm. <laughs> uh, I've only spent like maybe a half an hour on it, but. Um, yeah. Oh, you'll spend a lot more than a half hour. It's it's become our it's it's just a full suite. It's rad. Um, oh, yeah. Floathelm.com is where you want to go to to check that out. All right, Jonathan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Happy to be here. You own Uncharted Waters with your wife, yes? I do. Do you pull the all all nighters? Do you give yourself a little bit of time, or do you do you give yourself a lot of runway? 
I give myself a lot of runway as much as I can. I re- I remember how I was in college, and I never want to do that again. Oh, where funny. I <laughs> always thought I no, I was this last minute guy, never again. So <laughs> I give myself plenty of time. Yeah, got it. And and you own uh, Uncharted Waters. It's in Tacoma, Washington. Yes, is that right? And how many float uh, float tanks do you have? We have four. We have four float cabins. Float cabins, sweet, awesome. Yes. Love me some flow cabins for sure. Um, and do you find clients enjoy those as well? Very much. Yeah. Um, our number one asked question is claustrophobia. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sanitation is a distant second. They want to know how big they are. <laughs> and so we, uh, yeah. You know, when people get into ours, they're oftentimes like, oh, I thought it, or not in. When they see it for the first time, they're like, oh, I thought the lid was going to be right next to my face or the ceiling was going to be right next to my face. Uh, so right. when they walk into your rooms, that must be a very relieving moment of, oh, okay, great. Absolutely. And we stand. also, and we have stars on the ceiling that they can turn nice. on and off. So nice. they, they uh, know that they're always in control of their environment. Cool. Perfect. So do you have people still coming to your place, like concerned about claustrophobia? Like, um, you... like the, for the first time or yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on occasion. And we have some people that take a look at the cabins because I always give people a tour. And we have some people, they're still too confining for them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though it's the size of, you know, a small sauna. Yeah, like we got the complete opposite. We got the Oasis float tanks. And like what I'm curious is, is the people that come in and say they're claustrophobic in an Oasis, if that same person was to walk into uh, your float cabin, would they still say they're claustrophobic just as like that mental, just because that's something they think they should do and that phobia they, they create? Well, we, we have the, like the full other yes. side of the spectrum with the, we don't even, we have no lid. We have the open float tank. And so right. like some people will say yes to that who would say no to a closed lid. So I'm sure there's got to be a spectrum of people, right? Like, like, oh, I can sure, stand up in this? Yeah. Like, Absolutely. It's like, oh, wow. It's like a big bathtub with walls. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, I have some people come in and say they'll be claustrophobic, and then once they're done the walkthrough, that's the last you ever hear of it. Mm. You know, yeah, they come exactly. in with this big fear, and then you give them a walkthrough, and it's like they, you know, totally forgot they said that five minutes prior. Oh, funny. Nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think most people who are claustrophobic aren't claustrophobic of float tanks. I, I think... Yeah the majority of them and those who are i think knowing as jonathan really clearly put there is that you're in control like that's a huge part of it is knowing oh i can just pop that door open and i'm, I'm okay right. it's no longer an enclosed space is and, and it, it, is like claustrophobia an actual like disorder or is it like a self-diagnosed i'm not sure uh, claustro- uh, true claustrophobia, only about 3% of the entire world population has it. That's, so that's... either we're getting all of the, <laughs> yeah, right. the entire world population <laughs> with claustrophobia or, yeah, self-diagnosed for sure. But, you know, like you said, the moment they walk in, um, a lot of times what they've created in their mind is, uh, is totally blown away by the reality of it. Uh, but it's interesting that you chose all four cabins, Jonathan. What led you to that decision? Mm. Um, part of that is we are a military town. Um, Joint Base Lewis-McChord is right down the road from us, and it's one of the largest bases in the country. And um, uh, I was assured that some that soldiers who had been in combat, they see one of these smaller tanks. They are not going to mm. get into one of those. 
especially mm -hmm. they've been in Humvees and, you know, oh. with all the things that happen over, the, over there. And my wife just uh, got out of the Air National Guard, and so some of the feedback was coming from her on this. And so we chose those. And also, um, before we, um, another reason is before we opened, we had a membership at another float center, a Northwest Float Center. And um, she was well into her third trimester. And um, she uh, had some difficulty getting out of one of the uh, oh. one of the tanks. She managed to do it, but um, the cabins she found are much easier to get out of. Cool. So. Yeah. Well, um, you're, you're talking about a little bit of like the reasons of why you chose the float tanks. I'd like to take it even further back. Of what what inspired sure. you to want to open a float center? Well, it goes back to when I was living in Portland. Is that right? Um, <laughs> Should I remember? Yeah, absolutely. This? <laughs> yeah, I visited. I um, I was at a, uh, I was at a coffee shop one day, and I saw a brochure from Float On, and uh, I was taking a couple courses at a local Buddhist college there, one in philosophy, one in meditation, and I saw the brochure, and I said, "Wow, this is the hmm. perfect environment to meditate." Yeah, nice. And so I tried it, and. Next thing I knew, I was signing up for a membership hmm. and uh, just kind of snowballed from there. <laughs> and, and, so, and did you go, were you with um, Sarah at the time? I was not. Um, this was, oof, this was almost five years ago. Okay. And I finally moved up to Tacoma uh, about three years ago. Okay. Got uh, it. We, we had met up in, in Seattle waiting in line to go to a Queensryche concert. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Nice. Age old story. Yep. That's right. <laughs> In line for Queens, and, right? Um, <laughs> and uh, her, uh, her grandmother lives in the Portland area. And um, we just kept in touch. And next thing I know, I'm moving to Tacoma wow. and looking for a spot to open a float center. Very cool. Sweet. Um, and was it basically so you could keep floating? Was it because you wanted to get away from the job you were doing? What were your reasons? Um, it was kind of, I was kind of in a holding pattern career-wise. Hmm. Um, I, uh, at the time, I was uh, bartending and uh, working as a server. Before that, I was working as a corporate pilot. And um, that was towards the end, that was around 2008 that uh, things kind of caved in in that industry again. And oh, so I decided to, uh, to move on from there. And so for about four years, I uh, worked in, uh, in restaurants and bars and I, came upon this and I decided that wow this is something I'm very much into and I'd like to I find myself proselytizing floating and <laughs> right so that's one of the best decisions I ever made I love it oh yeah that's so, oh, cool. Yeah, that's so cool and yeah. what about and Sarah's, what side, about of Sarah's side of the story what what's her place in the business, place and the business and wanting to start wanting it to start it so uh, Sarah used to work as a uh, uh, she worked as a fifth grade teacher and uh, she was working in aerospace up in Auburn, Washington, um, with uh, people with uh, disabilities, and they finished uh, aerospace parts for Boeing. And um, I introduced her to float floating. And, um, of course, she initially wrote it off because she saw me and pegged me as kind of this Portland hipster guy. Oh, funny. And so she comes from this military, straight-laced military <laughs> oh, background. <wow. laughs> and she tried it, and uh, she was sold immediately. Is that right? Uh, cool. Yeah. Easy sell. 
And so uh, we launched right into it, and um, she has now started her own side business. It's kind of a spinoff to ours. Um, she's gotten into um, something called iRest Yoga Nidra, um, which is short mm -hmm. for uh, Integrative Restoration. And it's um, it was primarily designed, it's a guided meditation that was designed to help treat PTSD in soldiers returning from combat. Okay. And mm -hmm. so we offer that as a guided meditation um, at our center. And she also does yellow ribbon events for families, um, you know, transferring mm -hmm. to other bases. And she's working on a script, uh, a guided meditation that people can listen to specifically for the float tank. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's, so. that, that came up in float facilitators today, actually, is mm -hmm. guided meditations in the float tank. Mm -hmm. And yes. um, that's what yeah. we have for a guided meditation. One of our local yoga instructors... Um, here in Red Deer, she recorded her audio for iRest Yoga Nidra, and people love it. It's about a 25-minute uh, meditation. Mm -hmm. It brings them right into that zone. Ours isn't specifically to floating. It's the actual Yoga Nidra. Um, right. A float-specific one would be absolutely perfect. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's uh, good stuff. So she's working on that, and uh, actually, Lance, she's going to be up in your neck of the woods. She's flying into Calgary yes. tomorrow what? to uh, be there for a week to continue her training for IRS Yoga Nidra. Wow. Cool. So. Nice. <laughs> Hopefully she brought her jacket because it's oh, really she's, cold. Some sweaters. And, oh, she's uh, well well aware of it. Absolutely. <laughs> what she's getting herself into. Yep. Wow, that's so cool. Um, my goodness, small world and interesting that... Um, we'd be on a similar page, you know, like you and Lance would be on a similar page and other people on float facilitators. Like this is, this is the direction it's going. And, um, Serendipity. You, yeah. Do you, are you finding a lot of PTSD sufferers are finding you and how are you finding them? Absolutely. People are finding us, um, through word of mouth, uh, just through Google searches and, um, hmm. you know, and even on the, the base, I mean, the military is desperate mm. for a drug free, treatment mm -hmm. and so in addition to floating by itself just something that's um that's effective and that they don't have to get a prescription filled can i ask a little bit deeper into that how yeah. does somebody come in and announce that they have ptsd do they say they served i mean how, do, how does that work and how do you communicate with them this is kind of bridges from last week's episode that Lance was asking, you know, how, what do you, I think he used the word prescribe, but what do you recommend mm -hmm. um, the, the frequency of floating or how they approach it? Um, when people, to, to answer your first part, people, mm -hmm. when people come in, they are pretty open about what they're dealing with. And, and they're, they ask, you know, can this, do you think this could huh. help me in this area? And I basically say, please, uh, you know, Try, try us out and, and find out. And so, um, yeah, we, we, that's basically how I approach it. Yeah. And great. I say, you know, it's been, um, some people have found this to be helpful in this area. So try it. And, um, you know, and, uh, and when you come out, feel free to, uh, you know, talk to me about it. Cool. Um, it is, one float enough a deciding factor mm. for a lot of people should they float just once and if they're like uh mm. i don't know i don't know what i think um when would you say like come back next month come back next week come back t tomorrow right. like this is just something i'm trying to figure out because mm -hmm. no sure. one really knows the optimal you know everyone says it's right. different for everyone find mm -hmm. what works for you but mm -hmm. in order to get somebody that really 
gets it. Really <laughs> understands right. floating. You know, it's. I try to. Um, I recommend to them if they can do it like week to week, to slight yeah. or even to start. If they're the first time floater, if they can do three or four floats, four three or four weeks in a row, that mm-hmm. is what I highly recommend. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So that they they don't have to you know get used to it all over again. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, the reason why it came up for me is I was speaking to another float center operator and, or actually, no, came up on float facilitators. And um, they started sort of saying, um, if you buy an intro pack, try and use those, you know, those three float packs, I should say. Try yeah. and use those, those other three, two floats up within a week or two. And, you know, people are like, oh, well, you know, okay. And then they really get in there well, everything's fresh and well, the experience is, is right exactly. there. And, and they, um, they say it's helping their member, uh, you know, increasing the amount of members they have. So absolutely, you know, all the fine tuning of running a float center, there's so many spectrums of it. It's hard yeah. to, you know, yeah. if, <laughs> if I can, everything. if I can add to that, we, when we first opened, we did the three pack starter pack and we still do that, but we said, I think you needed to do it within two weeks and people weren't a lot of people weren't able to do it within two weeks. And then we kind of just made it like a soft thing. Like if they weren't able to, we just kept floating them. But eventually we just went, we encourage you to float within, you know, within two weeks, three floats is, is what we encourage you yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm curious if it, if we went back to a little bit more, not, and I'm not saying a hardline stance, like yeah, your floats are gone, but, but let, in their mind, you know, I need to do these within two weeks if it was more solid if that retention or client membership attachment rate would go up uh, because they would try harder to get in for three. Yeah. You know, I don't... One of the... Go ahead, Amy. <laughs> one of the things that helped us, we started sending out uh, uh, reminders. So during mm. certain p- points in their, uh, in the series, or, you know, for us, it's 60 days. Uh, when we started getting in that last 30 days, there's reminders, there's an autoresponder of reminders that go out. And that has, that has helped tremendously to kind of kick their butt and get them in there a little bit, a little bit faster. They, sometimes they just forget, sometimes life gets busy and they just need a little nudge and a reminder that, yeah, we do want to see them. We do want to see them use that float and to feel the difference. Mm -hmm. Um, It's made such a huge difference for us. Cool. Uh, going well. Actually, first, I want to ask how how many people do you have on staff? Do you have employees? What is the day to day looking like for you? We do not have employees. Wow. It's uh yeah, we're uh we're warriors. Um, <laughs> we um, it is uh my wife and I um we we do have um, we have three massage therapists that are independent mm-hmm. contractors. They rent space from us. Okay. We have a health coach and another. Uh, uh, holistic nutrition nutritionist and um, yeah that's what we have so far and uh, on occasion um, one of our massage therapists can work the front desk oh, okay. and so instead of paying them we basically deduct from their rent got it uh, to, mm. to cover us when we need to cool but yeah we um, it's just another one of those things that we're uh, uh, just trying to save some money by kind of Mm-hmm. doing it ourselves mm-hmm. um we uh so we're open five days a week right now uh we did expand to six days a week uh, about a year ago and we did feel ourselves starting to get uh, a little burned out 
And so we went back to five days a week. So, uh, and that is, that was great. <laughs> so, so you um, feel like you found your sweet spot? We found our sweet spot, yeah. And so eventually we will uh, hire employees. And, um, and as our demand increases, we'll expand our hours and that kind of thing. So what are your hours right now? So right now we're open Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays from noon to 10 p.m. And Saturdays and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Wow. Wow. And if people want to float outside those hours, they can do that by appointment. Got it. And I have a question. Go oh. ahead. I was just going to say, when you're, when you're finished, if you're open till 10 with four cabins, um, after cleanup and shutdown and everything, what time do you actually get out of that center? On average. On average, like, oh, I'd say a little after 10. A little after 10. So your last yeah. floats are done at what time? Uh, would finish. They would be getting out. Uh, the timer would be up around 9.15. Okay. So they'd be getting gotcha. out around 9.30. And it does. The, and so I could go in the back and clean up while maybe they're having one final cup of tea or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it, okay. it's 60-minute floats. Is that right? Yes. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Uh, they, have, they have the suite for we, – we schedule them in two-hour blocks. They have the suite for an hour and a half. Um, oh, so okay. they – to allow that that 15 minute buffer before and after they float although they're usually you know by the time they disrobe and shower and then get in the float they're, they're floating for a little over an hour in general okay. okay and then that gives us a half an hour to to flip i see okay so that makes yeah. it so you're you're going to be running the shop by yourself right she'll be out of town uh, so then a 30-minute exactly. minute window makes sense for a single person to clean that and to be able to talk to clients and all of that stuff. Cool. Yeah, I think my gears were yeah, kind of like trying of to time, put this yeah. together most of the time, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and then does it impact you when people take long showers or take, you know, who, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I do, you know, before they go in to, especially for new people, I say, you know, I, I recommend taking the warm shower instead of a hot shower because you know when you get right. into the cabin the water's you know, going to feel cooler than it actually is mm -hmm. and also if they all take hot showers they might run us out of hot water so <laughs> you know is, is that true is that something you struggle it doesn't with? It, it, it's only happened maybe once or twice but you know during the winter time when people come in uh -huh. they want to heat up and then yeah so what how what do you have for a hot water tank do you know the size we have a of it? 100 gallon 100 gallon Okay. Wow. Wow. And was that new or yep. is it already there when you moved in? Uh, brand new. Cool. Got it. Brand new gas wow. fired. Yeah. We, we had to, we had to gut the building when we, uh, okay. everything it was, um, we took over what was a, an old chiropractor office and, uh, it was like stepping back into the seventies when we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> rocking nice. Good, good for you. Uh, I, I just want to ask from, um, the point of the idea when you're like, Hey, I want to start a center from that point to today. What was the biggest challenge or hurdle that you've, um, you've had to overcome? Good oh, question. the health department, hands down. The health, health department. department? Oh, Absolutely. Okay. Wow. The health department. You have my heart. What, what kind <laughs> yeah. of regulations or what kind of issues did you have? Um, all of them. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, it was a nightmare. Wow. It was a nightmare. Um, and the, um, it took us, we could, we were hoping to be open 
late summer or fall of 2014, and we finally opened April of 2015. Damn. Uh, it was a oh lot of waiting. <laughs> and these, and on top of it, the, the city of Tacoma, for the most part, was pretty easy to work with. But they would not allow us to do any construction until we had the approval of the health department. Oh, we were wow. we were only allowed to do demolition, oh. and that okay, that's a week, and then we have to wait again. So, yeah, that was it was it was crazy because there was no leniency on anything. They we are billed as a water recreation facility. So we're the, under the same category as the water slide park right up I-5. Wow. And um, they wouldn't give an inch. We had to use bromine or chlorine. We had to use the same. Um, Lance, you were talking about ripping out plumbing. We had to rip out our plumbing to replace it with pool plumbing so that there was equal length plumbing between all the drains for, you know, oh. high hydro equilibrium. And it was... It was a nightmare. And mm. they would not, uh, yeah, so. Wow, so yes, the no health idea. department, no yeah. So the, you know, the um, contractor was waiting and we're just, uh. we just had to lean on them and lean on them and lean on them until they finally would review it and, you know, so ask us different things. They wouldn't review it or were they held up at a certain part of the process? They were held up a certain part of the process. We had to actually hire a, um, a hydraulics engineer to help us with the plumbing for the cabins. And Why? basically, <laughs> because we had to be like a swimming pool. All of our cabins had to be the same plumbing as a swimming pool. God. And I, I don't know why they were so reluctant to give us a variance, um, but... Yeah, and I, looking back, I am a little angry at myself because I, I wish I, I, I should have fought, fought them harder. Oh, wow. I don't know if that would have, I would, I don't know if that would have made any difference at all. So, so that was only a year and a half ago, but I know the industry is growing rapidly, and I feel like yeah. the education level, uh, is is going up even among inspectors. And uh, do you think it's different now? Yeah. Are you seeing other float centers open up near you, and are they going through the same battles? Um, there aren't really any other, since we've opened, um, Urban Float has opened another center up in uh, Renton, which isn't too far from us. Okay. Um, about 45 minutes or so from us. Okay. Um, but around us, no, there, nobody else has opened. Well, I am so sorry that you went through that. What, yeah. how has it been since you have now opened? Have they relented mm. at all? Have they been supportive? Have... <laughs> Have they given you any more issues? Do they come and inspect your place every did, day? Did they apologize? No. <laughs> oh, we know better than that. Yeah. Uh, no, there's no apologizing uh, at all. Um, well, they're, suppo they're supposed to inspect us every three months. And um, since we opened a year and a half ago, I think we've seen them twice. Well, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, are, And you're still required to do bromine? Yes. Okay. Got it. Yes. Yes, we are. And, and that was, yeah, that was crazy. Uh, I, I, that I, scientist. I, <laughs> right, right. I hear, uh, I hear quite the struggle. 
I hate to uh, ask a facetious question here, but have you found any benefit from having pipes that are designed to be of pool length, you know, fitting pool standards, all that stuff? Have you found any benefit to, no, none? No. He's, he's no. shaking his head. Just <laughs> no, for anybody all. listening, he's <laughs> vehemently shaking his head. No. <laughs> I, uh, do you guys have any more like technical questions about, because I want to get to some personal stuff. Actually, that's where I'm <laughs> heading as well. I want to know what it's like. I, I want to know what it's like uh, as a family yeah. running a float center. Yeah. So without employees, that's was, crazy. Was she pr- pregnant? Because I remember we had spoken. Uh, I think I looked at your blueprints, and there was like a plan of a baby room. So like you must have known a kid was on the way while you were yes. designing it. Yes. Um, and so... how scary was that? <laughs> because <laughs> we have a um, business and i'm scared ass right <laughs> right um yeah it was it was a matter of well here we are we have no, no choice but to fly but the seat of our pants here um we uh let's see we uh, piper was born six months before we opened and she was born about a month after we started construction. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she, she was born a month, yeah, which was about a month after we finally got the approval from the health department. Okay, got it. Um, yeah. So we uh, finished up construction with a new baby, no sleep, the occasional change order. Still dealing with, yeah, it was, it's a bit of a blur. Um, oh, I believe that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, did, did you ever think, like, hey, maybe this isn't what we should be doing? Like, okay, we've got a baby on the way. Let's get back to nine to five style, like, paycheck. Did that ever run through your guys' mind? Was that ever a discussion? I think, no, not really. It was pretty much full throttle. It's like, okay, we've, um, you know, we've reached the shore. Now we burn the boats. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <So>, cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, Sarah was still, um, well, she took a leave of absence from the military. Um, but uh, but she was, and then after a while, she went back to doing that um, one weekend a month. Uh, now she's mm-hmm. completely out, which is awesome. Um, That's amazing. You know, Sandra... Yeah. started doing uh, teaching nursing um, a, a semester here and there. And she, she, as much as she loves the nursing thing, she hated the toggling between the two things. It was incredibly difficult for her. Was, is that right. what it was for Sarah? Yes. Okay. Very much. Very much so. Um, so, yeah, we, um, it was just a, a big juggling match, pretty much. Just, ow baby and all that stuff and so yeah in our office we had we had the playpen some toys and we were the quintessential mom and pop shop oh totally (laughs) totally oh my god listen i'm i i burn when i touch water but i love supporting a family i will come here twice a week (laughs) like i could see that customer (laughs) right and so i mean it was great so we i mean before we actually opened you know we had the you know the cabins up and running as well or some of them and so we could like switch off like looking after the baby while one of us floated getting oh, cool. some rest mm. and so, wow. yeah wow and so what does that look so, like today so today um 
We have, uh, so she just turned two. Mm -hmm. Happy birthday, and, um, Piper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so Sarah is, uh, she comes and goes. She's um, with her uh, IRS uh, training, and she also decided to, uh, my wife is super type A personality. And so she's also just finishing up a yoga instructor certificate as well. And so <laughs> that finished, thankfully that finishes up next month. And, um, wow. so, uh, but we have, um, Piper is in like, um, preschool like twice a week for two hours at mm. a time. So that gives us a little bit of a, a breath here and there <laughs> and our massage therapists, you know, when they're not, you know, when they have some time off, they're always, there helping us. Cool. So, oh. yeah. And, and just having so that. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm just, sorry. So now, now she has her yoga certification. Is that somewhere where you mm -hmm. see yourself growing? Um, with her, mostly for her uh, her IRS training, and the the yoga can absolutely. Uh, we do have a an open space off to the side that she can use that as well. Cool. So, but we also have space if we do want to add another um, another float room, if we decide to go that route, or it could be for another um, another therapy room. I would love to add acupuncture. Um, but right now we're kind of full, so. <laughs> how big is your, <clears throat> excuse me, how big is your space? It's, we have a uh, 3,300 square feet. That's a good nice. size. Damn. That's a good size. Yeah. Damn. I do realize that we, um, we're pretty fortunate. We were very, very fortunate with, um, with, uh, how we were able to, to get started. So, um, we are grateful every every day for uh cool. what we were able to accomplish nice. and the kind of business we were the kind of float center we were able to set up and do you feel like yeah, you got a good deal on your lease absolutely sweet cool absolutely good for, you. good for you yeah especially in a town that's um uh tacoma is starting to really come into its own and so <laughs> it's very very business friendly so they've tried to make it as streamlined as possible good for you so yeah. cool well, yeah. good. You deserve that, considering the health department, right? <laughs> a little <laughs> yeah. young to the young. My goodness. Well, I'm curious. You you mentioned the fifth the fifth cabin. The the idea that you could or acupuncture. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds like you're not brimming to the point where it's like, okay, we got to expand no, now. No. But what are your plans for the future? Um, right now it's uh mainly just uh. Pick up Piper from preschool. Pick up Piper from preschool. Just getting more and more, uh, just building up our clientele as well, because we're still, um, mm -hmm. you know, educating people on what what all floating is and mm -hmm. uh, streamlining our, our marketing and uh, that kind of thing. Would Would you mind? I, yep. And I'm putting you on the spot here, but would you mind sharing any yep. insights to your marketing or anything that you found has worked well for you? Uh, it's social media is absolutely where it's at. Print mm -hmm. is basically worthless, we mm -hmm. have found. It's expensive, and mm -hmm. it's you don't get any return on it. Mm -hmm. um, one fun thing that we are doing is um, uh, Christmas time, from Black Friday to December 22nd, we're running a, we have a 30-second trailer, and we're running that before um, all the feature films at an independent movie theater here in town. Oh, cool. Nice. We did, we did that for a couple weeks back in July, and it was... Uh, worked out very well oh wow interesting uh, so uh that's good to know we we um have been asked to do those in the past and the, it's the price point has been too high for us to feel like it would have a good return 
And uh, that, that's cool to hear somebody having success with that and then wanting to put, position it at a very particular time where you can really exploit the, the viewership. Absolutely, cool. absolutely. And a 30-second trailer with like holiday sale or anything like that or just the awareness? It's, yeah, it's, it's just an awareness. It's just a branding cool. trailer, really. Um, cool. We had a uh, professional like, video made uh, back in January. And so they uh, were able to edit it, like a two-and-a-half-minute uh, trailer. And so they uh, edited it down to uh, 30 seconds. And so that's what we're showing before the, uh, before the feature films. Excellent. Well, if I could put you on the spot one more time. <laughs> uh, last week we were talking about um, models and uh, body image. And we had Emily Norton on here talking about using floating to recover from anorexia. And we're all discussing... Um, the choosing models for your videos, for your ads, all of that stuff. Did, did anything mm. go through your head while you were choosing your models of, um, I mean, what did go through your head? If you don't mind my asking, <laughs> uh, for using people like in our, just in the trailer or just trying to, yeah. And in ads people and, in, yeah. and, um, specifically like body types, ethnicities, gender, um, what was we going just, through your head? Right. Um, I don't think we were trying to get like a certain demographic. We just asked our, our friends or close friends to come in to, uh, to help us out. And, um, unfortunately we had, uh, we had six people lined up and four people had to back out at the last <laughs> second. Oh, no. So we, and so the, um, production crew and they're based in, um, in Vancouver, BC actually. um, they did a lot of the videos for a uh, float house actually. Mm -hmm. Um, they, um, we were, so we have two men in our trailer. Oh, um, funny. but we, but, um, eventually we'll add uh, testimonials, have a female point of view and, mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So, Interesting. um, but we wanted to have some, um, one of our, but one of our clients, and I think we did actually go after this. He's former military and he just retired as a police officer in Tacoma. So that was a great, um, that was a great testimonial to cool. have on there. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think that actually kind of goes to a lot of what we described, what we talked about, which was like, it's just, it's just who you have at the time too. Like you exactly. kind of saying like, mm -hmm. I can't get this very specific thing that I'm reaching for necessarily. Like it, I, I have who I have here right. to, to, to be here at, a, at an odd hour to be in front of a camera. <laughs> Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, we're not we're not American yeah. Apparel here, and we're not. Yeah, it's nope. Not using modeling <laughs> agencies. Interesting. No. Um, so, oh sorry. Um, what is your most like rewarding part or favorite part of the day to day operations of running a float center? Like, is there something that you really look forward to and really comes easy to you? Um, yeah. Oh, it's I. When people come out, when people finally emerge with that post-float glow, yeah. that's mm -hmm. what it's all about. When they um, say that they um, that it really alleviated their pain, um, they just feel like a huge burden's been lifted off their shoulders, even if it's just temporary. They're very thankful for it, very grateful for it, and it makes you... it all worthwhile. How do you interact with your clients post-float? Um, that's something I, we talked about a couple episodes back. So. Um, I, I don't. Um, not <laughs> initially, no. 
Um, I, our lounge is in a whole nother room. And I know that some float centers have their kind of their lounge, like kind of right where the reception desk is. And so when people come out, they just go from their float suites right into the lounge. And I'm in a completely different room and I want them to take that time to decompress and reflect without me having to, uh, I don't want to derail their tranquility at all. Interesting. I just want them to maintain that afterglow, any kind of a meditation that they had going on without, mm -hmm. I'm trying to, you know, postpone entering, coming back into the real world for as long mm -hmm. as I can. And yes. I know I'm going to, even if I ask, hey, how was your float? That's going to break it. You, not entirely, but, you know, I don't want to, I just want that to keep going for as long as I can. Nice. Yeah, and that's something we're trying to achieve right now in our lobby as well. We, our lobby is a big, wide open space. And mm -hmm. um, the way we designed it now, we're trying to redirect everything. So it's not that direct out of your float out the door, out to the till, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But right. Uh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Good. Yeah. That's, that's interesting insights. And I'm, I'm also curious, speaking of insights, if going back to, I mean, health department, woof, I'm sorry, <laughs> but if, if we're talking to other flow yeah. centers across the country and the world where their health centers might be easier or potentially more difficult, um, right. what recommend, what, what recommendations would you give them to help give them a leg up to open their center more quickly or more efficiently? Um, just the pre-opening and just around the opening, what would you encourage them to do or for a stronger business success financially? Um, well, the first thing, I, well, it's funny you mentioned that because a good friend of mine lives in the Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina area. Uh, he's a dentist, but he's looking to change his calling. And um, supposedly North Carolina is pretty strict, maybe just as strict as we are oh, out here in Washington fine. state. And I, he, and I recommend, and the only, as far as I could tell, there are only three float centers really in the entire state. And maybe they have one, they're not devoted float centers. They're like a yoga studio that happens to have a float tank as well. Mm -hmm, right. But the only one that's really a bona fide float center is in Charlotte. And so I recommended to him that he go on a road trip to visit them where he's, they're far enough away that they aren't competition and they have had to go through, their, have to jump through the hoops of their health department to see what they, um, any kind of roadblocks that they can anticipate for him to let him know. So anything that's, because they would be in a better position to prep him for what is coming down the road for him and, to set and up he, that business. He should go ahead and just say, hey, I'm opening a float center and... Hope that they're friendly. Um, Amy, well, what were you going to... Yeah. <laughs> um, all I was going to do is, you know, we do actually have people all the time from Tennessee coming into our float center and letting us know that they are interested in opening one. And I personally prefer that when they're up front, uh, we're happy to answer questions. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think a lot of float centers will at least answer the basic stuff or at least direct people especially if there's a health department involved, um, at least, you know, go and talk to this person first, or you might want to, mm -hmm. you know, have this conversation beforehand, even if they're not willing to give up details. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're a pretty friendly group in, in general. 
yeah, the I th- float center. I owners. think for the most part, that's that's really true. Also, I'll always mention Art of the Float podcast, of course. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and I and I also recommended him that to him that he absolutely attend the float conference. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's My pretty God. much mandatory. I think. Mandatory. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, there's something else I wanted to ask you about that. Oh, actually, this is this is a. Uh, a slight tangent here, but I'm really curious what you guys think about um, if if you have an employee who wants to uh, start a float center. First of all, is that is that okay with you guys? How would you handle that? Um, I think it depends on where they were going to open it. Okay, that's part of it. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I'm always happy to tell them what I know. Mm-hmm. Lance. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that's very interesting, and I think. That's an interesting question. Um, I think that is something that should be in, you know, your hiring package when they sign on. You have almost a non-competition agreement where, mm. hey, you know, <laughs> you're not going to work for me for a year. Teach you all my trade right. secrets that I've spent th- thousands of dollars investing in that, you know, intellectual property, mm-hmm. h- thousands of hours, you know, of time. I don't want to teach them everything, and then they open up you know, 30 minutes mm-hmm. that way, or, you know, that would, that would right. sort of suck. Uh, I know that's, that's big in the oil field. Sorry, Amy. I know that's big in the oil field around here. People will um, go work for the other company and see their secrets. And then, Whoa. you know, scoot back to the other guy for an wow. extra cut. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think non-competes are, uh, are, are a good place to start. Unfortunately, a lot of non-competes are not, they're very hard to enforce, at least here in the U S um, but at least it opens the conversation. Um, you know, I, I think I wouldn't have an issue with it if they were open from the start and we were having good conversation mm. about it and we knew, you know, what was going on. Um, and hopefully we're vetting people we hire enough that at least you get a sense. It's not certainly not 100 percent, but um, at least you get a sense of the type of person they are and personality they are. And as long as there's communication there, I, I, I think it could be a very positive and it could actually end up being a very cool uh, relationship, um, and uh, I can see marketing opportunities in it. But yeah, it would be mm-hmm. tough, like Lance said, when you put so much effort into your into your paperwork, into your you know your list. Um, it would be it would be a hard blow if you if it came out of left field and you had no clue that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. That would that would hurt. Okay, it'd be tough. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. I know okay. one of my employees actually. A lot of you may have met him at the Flow Conference, Bruce. Um, when we were under construction, he sort of wandered into our float center, but during that time he actually purchased, um, sort of a business plan that's out there and, uh, was planning on starting a float center and we opened up. So he's (laughs) just like, I've always wanted to start a center and he's sort of been, you know, with us all along and, you know, he still says he has dreams of opening a center one day, so. We'll see. <laughs> that's interesting yeah, yeah. i'd but fully support him though with he's bruce awesome. yeah how could you not support yeah, him it's great <laughs> you you wouldn't want anybody else to open a float center he's he's the best the sweetest yeah. <laughs> um, so uh it, in the same vein when would you tell your employer that it's i want to open a float center so what if it's just an idea right like should it be I've got a business plan. I'm looking for investors. I'm looking for property. I, th- uh, I think it's a very <laughs> personal, okay, yeah. subjective. I don't know. That's a, it's an interesting question. 
<laughs> until you're in it, I'm not so sure how yeah. I'd re react, quite frankly, yeah. or. I am interested by your, um, I don't mean this to sound insulting, dumbfoundedness, the, or the, uh, the, uh, the pondering, the quiet pondering. I think that's really interesting. Well, I, think, because, yeah. I think it was just a bad question. Honestly, oh, good, yeah. good, good. that's what my pondering was. <laughs> that, that's great. I, uh, except I've, I've, uh, this has come up several times. Uh, not, not at the float center, but this has come up several times in other float centers that I'm aware of, and, and I don't know what to tell people the right answer is. And so, um, that's actually wh why I bring it up is to kind of get your guys' feedback on that. And part of my inability to give an answer was I don't know uh, where the line is of commitment to create this thing. And so when, do you, you know, I don't want to tell somebody I'm going to become president or, you know, whatever it is until I know I'm going to become president, you know? And so when is that tripping point where, okay, now you're morally obligated to tell somebody or you're, I would say probably when they're, you know, when their funds are pretty much lined up, mm -hmm. when they know that they can move forward with that, it's probably the tipping point. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, you guys don't have to have answers. Yeah. You can think it's a bad question. That's okay. I, yeah. it's, yeah. it's on my mind, and um, I, I do think it's interesting. Well, Jonathan, is there anything else that you want to share with, with the audience here, the float community? Ooh. Um, I'd say it's definitely, a, if you're thinking of doing it, I highly recommend. Uh, it's, I, it's one of the best decisions I ever made, is nice. entering into this industry, hands down. <laughs> um, because you are, I was looking for something to where you actually are doing good for society and you're offering a modality that could possibly change the world. It's the new, you know, the new holistic, um, modality. And it is one of those things that I think will eventually cross, there'll be a cross from holistic into Western medicine. And so, and there aren't many modalities that really fit that that can cross, that are, can coexist in both, both those realms, holistic and Western medicine. Um, my father's an orthopedic surgeon. He swears by floating. Oh, cool. That's really nice. Excellent. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's great. If, if you were to change one thing in the design and construction of your float studio, what would you change? Hmm. Um, I might... So our float rooms are clustered together as one big block. Mm -hmm. So um, they're all sharing walls. And one of the reasons for that is because we had to work with two load-bearing walls. And so we tried to make the rooms as soundproof as we possibly could, uh, but sometimes sound gets through. Mm -hmm. um, so... Uh, Maybe we could have redesigned the rooms a little better. Um, but, uh, yeah. What is your sound issue you're having? Is it running pumps while people are floating? Or is it... Um, uh, we get a lot of people that would like to listen to music or something like that while they're floating. So right now it's kind of an all or nothing deal. So if I uh, pipe music in, music in or, or whatever it is, it goes to all four cabins. Okay. Um, which we sometimes have fun with. We do the occasional themed float uh, this October... Uh, 29th is our second annual Dark Side of the Float, where nice, you listen to nice. Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon and some other tracks to round out the hour. It's something we do every Halloween. 
We did floating um, Floyd. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's perfect. It's That's absolutely great. perfect. And so, but if somebody wants to listen to something and while well, somebody else wants to listen or just float in silence, you know, there's a chance that someone can listen to that music coming through the wall. And so, oh, I see. That's our that's our one issue. And so, it, you know, if we could have had something, even with people floating with earbuds and then um, listening to their own music, but then how do you alert them that it's time to get out? You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Yep. I think this is something that nobody's quite perfected yet. Um, nope, not at all. In particular, uh, voice. You guys are talking about guided meditation. I think voice yeah. travels very poorly through the water, and I'm I'm curious if you guys have any insights towards clear audio through the water uh, for for vocals. Uh, it, we don't right yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it'd be like a speaker um, outside of the float tank. Uh. Well, it would be the, the same speakers that we use to bring people out of the float. Mm-hmm. We just switch switch out the uh, the channel. So it would just have to be louder than usual. That's if somebody all. wanted guided meditation even? Like verbal, exactly. You would pump it through the water? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Lance, did you have any insights on that? On how to get better sound? Yeah. I just find that like it, it can be clear when I'm right here, but then I'm floating, so I drift away, and then it sounds like they're you know, 50 well, you feet need more tran- You need more mm. transducers. Just just transducers all around. Yep. Um, There's transducers that come in different sizes and different frequency ranges. If you want to hit all your frequency ranges, you may have to have, you know, four or eight, six transducers, depending on your setup. Um, There's one thing I've been experimenting with in one of our float tanks. We had our transducers go underneath our tanks. Um, That's how they do them on the Oasis. I think it's it's completely stupid. Um, but we've actually uh, mounted them in the back where I took out the speaker wire section. I've shoved my hand in there, drilled a screw, and put the transducers on the inside, and then the whole, like, hollow frame, Mm -hmm. like, acts as this big, giant, resonating speaker, but it's not as clear under the water. So I want to be doing two low-frequency ones on the sides of the tank, high-frequency ones at the front and back, and I want two mid-frequency ones underneath. <laughs> Sweet. Um, and I, I've, I, found, that, I found really good um, price transducers as well. But, like, way back at the beginning of the episode when you were talking about the lights in your new Tranquility mm-hmm. and you said you want sensory deprivation, mm-hmm. I believe there's so much more to flotation than just sensory deprivation. And if you have a wicked audio track that hits all sorts of frequency ranges and you can grab those frequencies in the tank, you can go places, man. You can <laughs> you can go places. <laughs> but it's um, if you have poor quality audio, you know, no one's going to want right. that you're not hitting those right. right frequencies that tickle those you know parts of your soul i don't know yeah uh, but yeah I, I i like good quality sound and especially in a floor sure. tank. cool now that we have a new tank i'm gonna have to try out listening to more audio tracks and and verbal mm-hmm. tracks in in our new tranquility see so see how things have changed over the years yeah and I've seen transducers that stick on with suction cups, too. Um, I have a link somewhere. I'll try and dig that up. I cannot promise, though. Um, where they can, you can stick them onto any surface, and they cover, like, probably about an 8-inch or 10-inch area. And so you can put them right on the outside of your tank or put, 
you know, four of them on if you wanted to. Have so some real cool. fun. When your float tank becomes your speaker through a transducer, that's such a cool concept. <laughs> I love technology. <laughs> that's great. Well, guys, thank you so much. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure. pleasure. I, I, and it, what's funny is I was like, oh, Jonathan would be great for like an example of a, a new float center. We could really get that, that fresh information and all that stuff. And it's like, oh, he's been around for a year and a half. Oh, my God, how fast time <laughs> flies by is absolutely insane. But you still had wonderful insights for us and uh, for inside your running float center and opening and having a family while doing it all is <laughs> just tripping me out. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for sharing. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks to everybody for listening. And again, our roundtable discussion is October 19th, Wednesday. Go to artofthefloat.com forward slash roundtable to check that out and sign up. And until next week, remember, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. Bye-bye. Art of the Flow.